Perspectives menu this week is looking particularly tasty with bread, fish and chips, cakes, some beer and ice cream for pudding. Food and hospitality businesses have been struggling with one crisis after another to deal with over several years, so how are they coping? What support are they getting from government? And what are they hoping for in this month's budget? I'm joined in the studio by Miles Pettit from Noah Bakehouse, David Matthews from Peel um, Fisheries Fish and Chip Shops, Amy Ford, a cake designer, Andy Saunders from Quids Inn and chairman of the Licensed Vitulars Association, and Ian Davison from Davison's Ice Cream. So I think if we start with um, maybe with you, Dave, uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what wh- what your business is. Uh, I'm David Matthews. I've got three fish and chip shops in Peel, Peel Fisheries, the Cotton Castle and Quayside Fish and Chip Shop on the Quay. Um, I've been running them for the last eight years. Right, okay. Um, and then if we move on to uh, uh, Andy. Uh, yeah, I'm Andy Saunders. I've, I've been in Quidzin for 30 years this year. Uh, it's obviously been a successful little place, but times are, it's harder than ever to for any of our hospitality businesses to continue to be profitable in this time and age. And I also represent the Art of Man's uh, Licensed Fitchelers Association, uh, which represents uh, over 60 pubs and hotels, restaurants throughout the island. Ian Davison. Yeah, afternoon, Phil, and to the listeners. Um, I've got Davison's Ice Cream in Peel. Um, been in business with the ice cream side for over 30 years now. Been in business since 1988 on the Isle of Man. A local supplier of ice cream. So we're suppliers, manufacturers, retailers, wholesalers. Um, and that's what we do on the island. We employ about 33 staff. And uh, as I say, we've, we've been going for that amount of years. Integral part of the dairy industry on the Isle of Man, farming. Um, and that's what we do. Amy, then, uh, tell, tell us about cake designing, because I'm not entirely sure what, what that is. Yes, so um, I actually, I make all types of cakes. Um, my primary focus would be wedding cakes. Um, so the wedding industry is really important to me. But I do supply some local cafes, restaurants, and the general public with any type of cake that they're after. Okay. And Miles... Um, Miles and Amy are sharing a microphone here, so uh, uh, let's hope this works. Uh, Miles, tell us tell us a bit about uh, your business. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Miles. I'm one of the uh, co-founders of Noah Bakehouse. Um, we uh, employ over sixty people, and not only do we produce bread, cakes, roast coffee, um, brew beer, uh, we also um, run uh, multiple different uh, coffee shops around the island. Okay, well, th- go, going back then to, um, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to remember everyone's names. Going back to Dave, um, how, how has the recent, I mean, re- I suppose we're going back to, to just before COVID. Um, um, how, how have things changed over this last two or three years where, you know, obviously you've had to cope with COVID and the, all the associated problems with that. You've then had, um, the, over the course of the last 12 months, the, the in- incredible uh, energy prices to deal with. How how is that Im- impacting your business? 
we were okay through COVID actually because we just we were allowed to open so we diversed our business and done deliveries so that kept us afloat and kept us trading and kept all our staff on through the whole of the COVID pandemic and um, it was after COVID really but it started to hit for us the cost of living and stuff like that when the when the war started mainly it was the perfect storm for for the fish and chip industry with the price of oil skyrocketing overnight the price of fish doubled um which are our two main products that we need along with spuds which are grown manx um and then the gas bills and the electricity bills come in and they're just astronomical at the minute they're literally thousands upon thousands um and wh where's it going to end really mm -hmm. um there is a cap on the electricity at the minute i think it finishes the end of march i'm not too sure so i don't know what's going to happen then um along with the gas is it going to rise is it going to drop who knows what the way the gas board is at the minute <laughs> i don't think they actually know okay um andy i mean obviously your your business at uh, quids in but also uh, generally across the the hospitality trade uh, licensed victuallers and the like um, how, how have things been because the, there is an assumption that uh, people got used to not going out and they just don't go out anymore that's certainly the case yeah uh, there is a change in everybody's lifestyles uh, it was obviously coming along before COVID, just a change in the way people spent their leisure time as it became more digitalised and so on, and people could interact with each other through social media and so on. Uh, so people were that habit of going to the pub to meet your friends or going to the restaurant for. How, how do you get a digital pint? Exactly, you don't get that, do you? <laughs> but but a lot of people are quite happy to drink out of a can or something that's purchased from local from a, a huge supplier around the place but that doesn't come along with the with the community aspects of pubs the entertainment aspects the uh just meeting along with each other and so on and uh, so we've had that difficulty be coming and then we obviously had covid where we were closed down by the government and unable to operate our businesses and then after this the cost of living crisis has come in and uh Everything is skyrocketing. Everything for every single business anywhere is skyrocketing. Uh, the the cost along with that. Um, but if you tell anybody in the Manx public or anywhere else that we need to put 20p on a point, it's obviously very, uh, very uh, negative responses that come from that. Ian, uh, Ian Davison, um, oh, you'd imagine that people will still... I go out and buy an ice cream. Uh, have you noticed a particular downturn in trade? Well, um, during the COVID years, we were we were fine, to be honest, because we diversified our business into home delivery straight away. And that was something we were put into operation very quickly um, with delivery vehicles, online shop and everything already set. So those years were good for us. Um, we were doing deliveries island-wide. But since then, and I think a lot, gets blamed on the war in Ukraine. I know from certainly from Dave's perspective with the fish and chips that, that sunflower oil and the cost of fats and things have rocketed. But our business, um, we have had minimum price rises of 150% up to 450% in the last two years. So that's what we've had to try and cope with. We've had manufacturers month on month increasing pricing structures to us. Um, Milk powders, 
um, cream, even locally produced items. Um, we had a 40% rise overnight from one of the, from our main supplier on the island. Um, and it's been really difficult to cope. I'm, as Dave from the Chippy says as well, um, gas prices, electricity prices are rocketing. Um, our last electricity bill and was for eight and a half thousand pounds. And that's just running our factory at the present time. Um, and our parlor in Peel, the electricity bill there was seven and a half thousand pounds. These prices, along with all of the costs in, that we're having to bear and try and maintain a, a, a price that we can still get for our product, there's only so much people are prepared to pay. And we're scared that we'll come to that point soon. And then obviously people find what you're trying to sell unaffordable. So we're, we're very conscious trying to, with the economic situation out there at the present time, trying to watch how much we can increase our product by. But obviously we do need to increase because we, we've had massive increases. And just recently, 15% again on cones, um, along with another 100% we had to hike last year on them. Um, it's, we just don't really know where it's going to end. And we do need some form of stabilisation from the Isle of Man government to help us along the way. Amy Ford, uh, in, in terms of your uh, cake designing business, I, I suppose if people have less money or, or feel as though they have less less money available to spend, um, that, that's going to impact particularly on the sort of thing that you do. Yes, definitely. I mean, when COVID hit, obviously, I wasn't alone um, in that my entire order book was cleared instantly overnight. Um, I was very quick to diversify and, like Ian and Dave, went down the home deliveries route um but i'll be honest i was more like a busy fool it kept me going but it didn't make me money i wasn't making loads of profit from that i was just keeping the wolf from the door um and then since we've gone back to normal times as everybody feels it is unfortunately people's spending habits have changed the wedding industry is not going to recover probably for another year or two yet um people simply were not getting engaged whilst they were locked down together because I think most of them probably wanted to throttle each other, to be quite frank. <laughs> but, um, but it just wasn't happening. There weren't the engagements. And when people aren't getting engaged, it's it's a year, two years down the line when they would be getting married. And that's when you then get that hit. So this year, for example, is probably going to be the lowest year for weddings we've had for a very, very long time. Everyone in the wedding industry is feeling it. Um, Next year looks a bit better, but I did a wedding fair a few weeks ago and every bride that walked through the door was saying 2025. And that's great, but we've got two years to get through till then. And it's a case of trying to survive. Um, but as you say, people's spending habits have changed. And when prices have risen, my eggs are now three times the price they were two years ago. And I have to pass that on. I can't absorb that. I did as long as I could. And... It ends up where you have to pass that price increase on. And then people turn around and go, how much for a cake? And I'm saying, well, it's not just a cake. And, you know, when those basic ingredients are costing as much as you think the cake should cost, and I've then got my time on that as well, it's it's actually not expensive. But obviously it looks expensive from the outside looking in. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very difficult trying to encourage people um, when times are tough. And, and Miles, uh, fi finally there on the on on microphone one, um, presumably, I mean, your 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 business model tends to be a, a um, you know a, a, 
specialist bakery type, mm. type market. So so um, people who who buy your product tend are, are used to paying a little bit more than they would for the the kind of the mass bake uh, uh, bread. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think you can hear from everyone who's just spoken before. It's there's only. Uh, so much a business can absorb costs before they pass it on but I think our biggest worry across the board here is if we keep passing that on to the customer where does it stop when did the customer stop coming through the door and how are you exposed as a business you know when you know I think there's no margin and that's the thing there's no margin for any of these businesses uh, in the hospitality sector right now Uh, we all do it we all work antisocial hours and work at weekends and work at night because that's what where our customers come from. But there comes to a point when you, as a business owner, goes, wait a second, I'm, it's costing me to run my business or I'm not making any margin here and uh, I don't want to do it anymore. And then you end up with an island with nothing, you know, no social, you know, I, I think of, you know, Douglas Prom without pubs you know the you know the quayside without the the barbary coast run it, it's not you know that's not a night out you know it's not you know i don't want to be on an island man like that and we've got to protect this because it's it's i feel that it's it's going and we've all got to act now to sort of make sure that you know actually our hospitality hospitality sector is there for um you know the tourist trade that's going to kick off in a few months time andy um We've had this this sort of thing before, haven't we? Where, um, well, oh, certainly during my lifetime, I, I, I remember as a uh, pr- uh, probably younger than I should have been uh, lad uh, in my uh, mid to late teens, uh, there were several, well, six or seven mm. pubs in Port St Mary, six or seven pubs in in Port Erin, probably more than that in Port Erin, um, and now the number has diminished quite substantially over over the you know a long uh, period of time, so. Is is this just a change in uh, you know an inevitable change in the way in which people live their lives, or is this something a bit more serious? Do you think? Well, no. We have to accept that the culture uh, and the way that and people's spending habits and so on, and the way they meet each other has changed. So there is obviously a natural reduction of that, but that's come gradually over years when people moved out of the business and other places were developed as well and people have changed their um, their business models to reflect that so nowadays a pub's not just about you come in after work you meet all of your 10 lads that are mates from around and you talk about your day at work and then you go home have your tea maybe come back out with the lady later on and all have a chat together so lots of people have and with everybody around here sorry i've really redeveloped businesses rapidly every time we have to make a change uh, and that's what's happened pubs are very much entertainment sectors bases now uh, you you have to create a reason for anybody to come into your establishment uh, and make it sort of unique in whatever way you choose to do that uh, but at the same time we're getting to a situation now where the, just the cost of actually operating any small business is becoming prohibited. The the other side, of course, to uh, to running a business is you have to have staff to to, yeah. to be able to 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 do this. Um, has there been a check? Because generally seems to have been a, a reduced number of available 
uh, staff, particularly for lower paid jobs, possibly uh, as a result of Brexit. Uh, is that something that you've noticed at all? Phil, first of all, the first thing I'd like to say is hospitality is not a low paid industry anymore. Okay. It's absolutely not. We are paying well above minimum wage uh, in everywhere. Uh, and, or you just don't get the stuff. I know lots of people, we are paying well above what many, many of the health workers in the, uh, in, in Manx Care are getting. And that's where we're at. So this fallacy that we are low paid is uh, continuing to cause issues for, for staff-wise, but it's not the situation. Uh, and yes, there is a, a shortage of people that want to work, but it's more to do with antisocial hours. And uh, just a change in people's habits full time, you know, the second the secondary employment was always something if you were a little bit strapped for cash or you were a youngster and you were trying to save up for a house and get a job somewhere and get a second job somewhere and fill it up. And that's how you made your deposit. I see a lot of ch a lot of younger people now going, doesn't matter what I do, I'm never going to get a deposit for a house on the Isle of Man. So why am I going to give away my weekends for something that I'm not going to be able to achieve. There's lots of issues that are all piling in together. Dave, are you um, having struggles getting getting staff? or, or uh... we've, we've got very good staff, um, but we are on the lookout. We are, we're always on the lookout for, for more, but there's, there's not many people about there. I, we are, we're not in the central Douglas either, so we're in Peel. Um, we've found it hard for a couple of years to get staff. Again, we pay well above minimum wage. Um, we always have done, um, but I believe the government are planning to put minimum wage up by a significant amount, which I do agree with in a way, um, because people need more money to live. Um, but the f reality factor that is that prices are going to have to go up to to cover that. But so the consumer is going to have more money because they're going to get more paid but then they're going to spend more money on what they're buying um, it's just a vicious cycle um, yeah. Ian Ian Davison then uh, I mean with, with the minimum wage uh, subject has been broached um, if as, as seems to be the case there's less available money for people to spend and then government is now about to introduce a significant increase in minimum wage um, presumably that means that services somewhere that, that people are buying from uh, are going to become more expensive because what's blatantly obvious from everything that's being said here is um, you can't afford to absorb um, any more significant uh, cost increases. Um, it, it has has there been much by way of consultation with uh, the, the sector in relation to the change to the minimum wage um, at all? Well, there was a public there was a public consultation I seen advertised, and we responded to that consultation. Um, as I know, a few different businesses I showed it to uh, responded to it as well. I know my brother did from the T Junction, um, and I'm sure other businesses around the island did. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, with government consultation, they and, and you'll you'll be well aware, and and uh, they put it out, but they really don't want many people to respond, so they try and put it for a short period of time and uh, whatever. So we did respond to the to it. And I should say, I'm sure if anyone from the government was here, they would say, no, no, that's not, that's not <laughs> it at all. Uh, ten years on a local authority taught me that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I quite agree with really what Dave sort of said. It, we're struggling to get staff at the moment. 
Um, there isn't the supply of staff that we used to have years ago. Um, an awful lot of people that used to come just don't. It's it's a nightmare. Um, we struggle to get local people. We advertise jobs. We've got jobs advertised at the moment. Um, and they've been there for months. And, and we're paying the same as these boys well over minimum wage. Minimum wage is going to hit us again because it's just a complete and utter vicious circle. As much as I... Yeah, I agree. People need the money to be able to live. Um, and we've got staff with us for over 30 years. It, it is a struggle. And, and it's just this vicious circle. The more money we give to people, the more prices have to increase in order that we can then uh, stay in business. Because as Miles said, our margins are, are cut that bad now. And we deliver. Uh, fuel prices are high. Fuel price caps coming off. Uh, it's it's just a real vicious circle for us to, um, at the moment, Phil. Miles, um, are, are you struggling to, to fill all the available posts that you have? I, I think, uh, I mean, recruitment across the world is in a dire place. And, you know, you can see the hospitals shutting vital healthcare parts at the moment because they can't, you know, they can't get people in. So, you, you know, I think that's it. across the board, we all have that crutch. But I, I guess with the minimum wage increase i'm sure government's got a strategy i'm sure government's got a great plan um to maybe up national insurance so it gives people more free pay to go out and spend it would maybe relieve a bit of burden on the businesses you know i'm what i like to see with stuff like the minimum wage is the thought process behind it it's not maybe just passing that cost on to the private sector i'm sure government's got a plan to help get that middle squeeze, uh, you know, the people in that middle income bracket out spending money again. Because that's what we all need. Because, of course, um, everyone around here has said that they pay more than the minimum wage anyway. Mm. But if you are going to continue to pay more than, than the minimum wage and the minimum wage significantly increases, then you're going to have to increase the, the, the extra that you paid uh, yeah, above and beyond. Minimum wage isn't about we want everybody to be receiving that amount of money. It appears that in government sometimes that's really where we're, they're trying to get to. Not so much with the Manx government, government overall. Mm. You know, that the minimum wage is really where they want everybody's wage to be. But uh, the expense of anything that when it goes up, everybody's wages will go up. The minimum wage drives everybody's wages up mm. because you have to keep that buffer gap. between that gap and everybody and the, the skill sets and all so on um, but what we need to tackle and what the Manx government could tackle is the cost of employing people uh, and, and and another thing that can tackle from the employees situation is how much tax they have to pay on second jobs and things like that. That's one of the yeah. huge reasons why we don't get people coming into yeah. hospitality and so on as a second job now, because they don't see the benefit of it when they go out and work. When that pay packet comes in with all of that national insurance taken out, all of that extra tax taken out, they go, is it really worth me giving up a weekend for this? That's the kind of thing that we need to look at. Final word then to Amy before we take a break. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, do you employ uh, staff? or? Uh... So I used to. Yeah. Pre-COVID I did. Um, obviously, when we came out of COVID, situations had changed. Um, a lot of the clients that I previously supplied wholesale to 
had decided to bring it in-house um, and utilise their existing staff in better ways to cut costs. Um, so those contracts were gone. Um, so I haven't needed to recruit again, but if I did, I'd find it hard because I work silly hours. They're never regular. I need someone flexible. That person doesn't exist anymore. People have got used to having time to themselves, time with their friends, time with their family. They now prioritise that time off, whereas before mindset was different pre-COVID but they had a lot of time kind of together at home and they want to keep that going which is understandable but it does hit industries where you're not a nine to five regular job where you need someone flexible where you need random hours things like that I'd struggle to get somebody now. Well I think uh, with that it's time to hear from our sponsor. Welcome back to Perspective, where I'm joined by Miles Pettit, Dave Matthews, Amy Ford, um, Andy Saunders, and Ian Davison. Um, Dave, you, you were talking there a little bit about the uh, the, 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 the costs of uh, the, the... Well, you're a chip shop, so Spuds is a, is a good example. Uh, farmers have, have, have faced sub- substantial increases. Are, are these increases all being passed on, do you think? Um, we buy all our potatoes um, from a Manx farmer and we've used the same one since day one. I I can only go on what he's saying. I don't believe they're passing all of the... Well, I'm, they're not passing all of it on because I know they were paying £220 a tonne for fertiliser and it went up four times the amount. Obviously, their fuel's gone up. They've got irrigation systems to run. They've also got staff... Um, vans, so it's hitting them as well as hitting us. But yeah, they, yeah, this, they have gone up. Yeah, they have gone up. Um, I think we've had a couple of increases on them. Yeah, and, and fish. You also mentioned that uh, that had, that had increased dramatically. Fish skyrocketed overnight as soon as um, the war started. Um, over a hundred percent. It did drop slightly, but then rise again. So. Um, Again, we were told the war was probably going to finish by January, the middle of last year. So we kept our prices. We we took the majority of on on the chin ourselves, um, but it's it's not looking like it's coming down drastically anytime soon now. So unfortunately, the prices will have to increase. I would say, yeah. So how does a war in a landlocked country like Ukraine impact on the? Um, price of fish. Well, they just, well, it's uh, not landlocked entirely, but but you know what I mean. Well, everything just gets blamed on the war, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Everything got blamed on COVID for two years. Now everything gets blamed on the war. You know, the wholesale price of gas is cheaper now than it was before the start of the war. Yet we're still paying astronomical gas prices and electricity prices. So I don't really understand it. I don't really look into the depths of it, but. There's the reality facts. For yeah, you. you just have to pay the bills. You just have you to say. pay the bills, otherwise we get cut off. So yeah. we do pay our bills, you know. I know there's people out there that don't, but we do. We're mor- we run our business morally and we pay all our bills straight away as soon as we get them. Yeah. Yeah. Miles, um, the, uh, obviously there was a, a, a much uh, trumpeted and, and uh, uh, lamented uh, incident last year in relation to Ramsey Bakery closing. Um, there, there was a lot of talk from government about what they were going to do. Um, are, are we any closer to, to replacing the bread that uh, used to be supplied by Ramsey Bakery with Manx uh, bread? I, 
I'd like to hope they're getting a little bit closer, but they're still talking about it internally, about their plan. And uh, I think um, the bakers, the, fa the farmers and everyone's waiting to hear which way the government wants to go before we can start planning what we're doing. Um, I think it's frustration being felt, if I'll be honest, from all sides. And I just hope that they, you know, fundamentally ask the most important question is, do they want Manx flour? Do they want a, mi a mill? And I hope it's yes, because um, I know I do. Mm. Because it, I mean, it, it seemed to me at the time quite extraordinary that with the backdrop of a war in Ukraine, Ukraine being one of the largest suppliers of milling wheat in, in Europe, um, that we would not do everything in, in our power to, to ensure that we, we retained a, a strong milling wheat sector on the island. It's, yeah, I think so too. I mean, that's it. it it's, it's, um, it's painfully obvious, really, for me. But, um, you know, actually what the war allowed was for farmers to ship for the first time ever to be able to make money by shipping their wheat to the UK. Now, wheat prices are changing and uh, it's no longer viable for them. And, you know, these farmers are, are now left with an uncertain time ahead and some really tough choices on what they're meant to be doing. So, again, we really need uh, the mill, treasury, uh, DEFA all to make some you know, decisions and decisions yesterday, really. Mm -hmm. Because, of course, the milling wheat for this harvest is already planted. Mm. Um, it, it tends to be pl uh, a winter winter wheat. Um, Amy, uh, uh, do you have any um, uh, sort of local suppliers, Manx, Manx food uh, suppliers? Or Yes, yes. So I use local wherever I can. Um, I use, obviously, Alman Creamery are fantastic with me in the sense that they... Um, they do massive big blocks of butter for me big 25 kilo blocks of and it's unsalted which they don't do for the public um but they're very good for local businesses and there's a few of us i know davison's get some off them as well for their diabetic ice cream um and that's great but again there was a price rise overnight and these things can't be helped in a sense but it's always a shock when when you get the bill and you realise something has gone up by a considerable amount. Um, and, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I use Lexi flour in some of my products, but in others it requires a special speciality cake flour, which I have to bring in, which obviously the war in Ukraine has impacted the price on that already. But we're going to see the real impact kind of later this year, um, and I expect the price on that to at least double. But... That's that, there's nothing really that can be done about that from my perspective, um, but I do try and use local wherever I can. It's it's important. And Andy, uh, uh, obviously the um, we, the well at, at one point there was a, a proposal and a plan to try and get um, Manx uh, Brewers barley, um, but I don't mm. think that ever uh, quite managed to get off the ground, did it? So so most no. of the ingredients yeah. for 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 the beer. Uh, well, I think all the ingredients are, are sourced mm. out, are off the island, but uh, obviously you you serve food and things like this in 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 the pubs yeah. around the island. Mm -hmm. um, um, how big an impact is the the costs to to the sort of the primary producers, uh, you know, the farmers? Uh, how big an impact is that having on? It's on true. In, in hospitality, the costs throughout the sector in every form are skyrocketing, and as we've all talked about, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what product you're really putting through. The cost, just of, as we heard on the news earlier, the, the, the fuel cost alone is going to put an extra percentage on the cost of everything. Uh, all we can do is try and keep that 
to a minimum. I mean, we saw as the war kicked off in Ukraine, uh, national newspapers in the UK talking about £10 pints of lager and things like that. Luckily, so far, we've managed to be able to keep that down a little bit. But as everything continues, there, there will come a time when prices will be driven to a place where, unfortunately, I can understand people have to say, well, I can't afford to pay that for something. Do you think Do you think sometimes the, um, uh, the, the because of all the scare stories that we mm. see both in, in the, the press and on the radio, uh, on the telly, um, that... Actually, the, the 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 story isn't as bad as as perhaps the headlines might suggest, or is it as bad as the headlines? No, that, that, I think that's very true. I, I was very concerned at the start of the winter that the the story going through the national press was scaring people to come in. It hasn't been that bad. It's uh, we have seen a downfall in in travel throughout or a footfall throughout the industry but it's not been that bad and it's not that's not the issue which is most damaging for all of our businesses people are out there willing to spend in our community and they're still coming out we're still seeing people come out all weekends especially at weekends and so on it's the footfall is actually quite good it's the expense of the business from the other end that's always causing the issues miles i i think uh Noah's always been a really proud supporter of supporting local. My biggest worry is that with all these costs going up, you have to start saving at some point. And if you're paying 20% more for using a local product, when is it that you suddenly go, wait a second, if I bought my potatoes in from somewhere else, that's going to save me a bit of money here and I'll be able to pay the gas prices or, you know, and that's the biggest fear. It's like actually, you know what? The, it, it, it's the impact on these costs it stops you as a business making the choices that you want to make you have to make the choices that you can afford to make and that becomes a really scary time and yet in, in relation both to climate change and in, uh, indeed to the, the, the situation that we've, we've been seeing with regards to the war in Ukraine you know what's, what seems to be clear is having uh, much shorter supply chains is is, is, is not only good for the environment but it's also a more sustainable way of, of doing things um and yet what you're basically saying here is uh, there's only so much further you can go before you're going to have to 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 look to a longer supply supply chain but with a cheaper product i think food security is going to be one of the major issues of the future and right now the isle of man can do it you know we have everything around us to to really give ourselves a great food strategy but what is the food strategy and and where's that going because if um you know we you know we need farmers and if they can't afford to to grow and produce we you know it's it's the impact is you know it's it's detriment for the whole island and it might not be now and it might not be through this cost of living crisis but it is going to be in 10 years time when the whole world has changed by this by the war and the cost of living crisis and we're all looking a lot more within what we can produce within ourselves. Ian, are you um, convinced by government's message or indeed do you understand government's message in relation to um, the food and hospitality? I don't think there is. As far as I know, there's no strategy for food at the present time. Um, I've got Claire coming down uh, to the factory. I'll be able to ask that question. That's Claire Barber, the Claire Minister. Barber, yeah, yeah MHK yeah. for DEFA. Mm. Um, and see, uh, there used to be uh, a food strategy. Um, I think when you were minister for the DEFA yourself, there was a strategy going forward. Um, I haven't, don't think there is at the present time. Um, I also noticed that one of the government departments um, 
said uh, in in recent press publication, I, I've got it on my phone, but um, that they were monitoring different businesses and and getting reports in as to how different businesses were doing on a monthly basis. Well, we've never ever been contacted, and we are uh, one, one a, like a unique type of manufacturing process, and also we're buying as much local as we possibly can. Um, moving on to the subject that Miles has brought up as well. So at the moment, we buy in from the three independent creameries here on the Isle of Man, which is Cools in Pulcherin, Aylan at Solby, and Alaman Creameries for the bulk. The two smaller independents that we deal with, we take everything that they can't sell retail, and we take that in bulk off them. And we use, <clears throat> we use that, and we have done for donkey's years from both of those suppliers, Aylan, as long as they've been going, and Cools probably 15 years. Um, and... We had a, we just set all our pricing structures last year, and then overnight um, we had a forty percent increase from Alaman Creameries in in prices. And and since then, I mean, everything around about our business has just gone rocketing. Now, Miles mentioned about buying in from the UK. For us to use as much local product as we can, I can buy those items cheaper from the UK and be more profitable and saving money but i like to think that we are a key supporter and of the alamand farming industry and the dairy farming industry and and we don't want to ever go down that route if we can help it but um we would be far more profitable as a business if we did but then obviously i'm manx and i'm sticking with my local farming community as much as i possibly can and buying off them it's it's just going to be a struggle going forward i think the, uh, well let, let's have a think then about the the budget that's coming up uh, a week on tuesday the treasury minister alex allenson will be um announcing to the island um all, all the exciting things that uh, his budget over the course of the next 12 months is going to pay for uh, what what are the things in that budget uh, ian that you would be looking for from from government um, I'd like to see how our energy, because that's one of our, our biggest problems. I mean, electricity, gas are some of the things that we use. It'd be interesting to see what, if national insurance changes. Um, but any support that he could offer to local business at the moment, caps on things would be great to continue for businesses um, so that we have at least an understanding of where our electricity is going to be in, in a year's time. It's hard to, to set pricing structures when you don't know from one minute to the next what's increasing in price because we just don't know with fuel and commodities going up. Um, we'd also like, I mean, uh, although it's not probably going to be in the in, in the budget, um, some form of help from getting items into the Isle of Man carriage. And I know that one of the government departments is looking at export and that's another thing that we can't export because we can't be competitively priced. Um, but budget-wise, I'd like to see some caps on things and national insurance, see where we go with that. Um, if there's any possibility of VAT reduction, but I know that's set by the UK and it's very difficult for Alaman government to do things. But I don't know, we just have to see what he comes up with. Uh, Andy, any, any thoughts as to what... Yeah, what, that, exactly what Ian said about national insurance. We, we can do that by just changing the boundaries. And we should make uh, people on the lower end of the earning scale more 
put more money in their pocket by increasing the thresholds of which you start to pay tax and national insurance. If we want 100,000 people on the island, which is the government's, well, not planned, just throw a, throw a number in the air and see what's going to happen, and we want those to be working people, we have to make it a, a place that working people want to come to. And the way to do that is to make sure that when you come here, if you're a nurse, if you're a teacher, that far more of your salary remains in your pocket. And that's where they can do that. And they can do that by just pushing the thresholds up and pushing the higher end thresholds up to balance the books, can't they? Uh, that's really where I think it should be at. And that's making employment cheaper is obviously the way to, for any country to go, really. And, and certainly, that's what we can do here. Certainly in the uh, Isle of Man government, our island plan yeah. conference that uh, uh, took place in September, um, I attended most of it uh, to, for, for, for my sins. And um, the Treasury Minister at that conference did indicate that actually we pay far too much by way of personal tax. Uh, and actually that, that's uh, demonstrated quite starkly in a, 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 an election video, uh, not an election, but a, a budget video that we've, we've produced at Manx Radio mm-hmm. where... Um, just just one percent of the total income for government comes from company tax and something in the region i, I can't, can't remember the exact figure now something like 40 45 percent is um employment tax effectively mm. national insurance and income tax that's a big chunk of 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 our income um so you would perhaps well i don't know how how, how would you suggest that government uh, alters things. I mean, is it is it that we need to start charging company tax and uh, um, uh, re- reduce the employment tax that way? Do we spend more of the reserves? How, how would we do that? Uh, I'm maybe a little bit left wing <laughs> on this uh, situation. I, I think taxing capital that's on the island is the way to do it, really. Okay. Uh, you know, there are other taxes that we can go on, but really, I'm all for having our people get as much money as they can into their pockets. And that means that we have to look at other in- income streams. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, there are there are dangers to that. But uh, at the same time, there is room for uh, capital taxes on the Isle of Man. Dave, um, you, you've obviously heard what Ian and Andy have, have got to say. What, what, what would you think would be a, a, an ideal thing for Alex Allenson to say when he announces this budget? Our main thing is the the gas, the energy bills. We need to know going forward. We need a strategy on them, really. Um, a twelve month strategy would be good. I I can't see them doing it. Um, but that's our that would be our biggest for our business that we knew that they're not going to go up a hundred percent again or fifty percent because if they are that that that's huge. Um, are they going to lift the cap on the electric? Because if they do, I, I think it's forty percent, isn't it? If they do, it's going up forty percent straight away, and they've already ploughed in twenty-one million. They're going to want that back, so it's going to go up more to get this twenty-one million back. So who knows? But that would that would be our yeah. And again, the national insurance agree with these guys as well. Something on. Amy, um, have you any any particular? thing that you hope the Treasury Minister will be saying um, to, to encourage people to go out and get married, for example? 
I think um, it would be lovely to be able to encourage people to go out and get married. This year would be the year to do it because all your suppliers would be available. <laughs> um, there really isn't much there. Um, I think the wedding industry is a, for a forgotten industry. Um, it was very much so in terms of support. I was lucky because I fall into kind of the, the kind of the hospitality catering sector as well. So I I did get some support from government. Um, the majority of the wedding industry did not. They didn't qualify for any grants. They didn't qualify for any support scheme. They got nothing. They were completely forgotten and abandoned. And when they raised the question, what about me? You know, I'm a wedding photographer. I clearly have no no business. They were, they were just told, sorry, you don't fall into any of our categories. Um, so I think it's it's really sad that an industry that actually generates quite a lot of money on the island, I know kind of the figures for the UK, it's, you know, it employs 400,000 people in the UK, generates £15 billion for the economy. So it's, it's a, if you think of that as a scale back onto the Isle of Man, you've got, the wedding industry is huge, <coughs> it's massive, it employs a lot of people, um, but it is a completely forgotten industry and there is no support for us. So it would be nice if government would actually kind of look at some of the industries that they see as potentially see as being frivolous and a luxury and unnecessary but unfortunately whether they like it or not that employs a lot of people and it does generate a lot of income for them and they need to remember that there's not it's not just about some of the industries that they see as being the most profitable for them you know there's a very big focus on um, the gambling online gambling and things like that um, and they do seem to forget about things like my personal opinion you know food and things like that um, we're the forgotten industries so it would be nice if they actually kind of looked a bit closer at where are the businesses on the island who, who are who are they employing what industry are they in who's who's there that needs the help um, not necessarily the ones that shout the loudest Miles, are you um, hoping for, for um, uh, the Treasury Minister to, to drop some goodies in your lap um, when he announces his budget? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, I'm, with, I'm with everyone else here with National Insurance. I think giving uh, the, it, they call it the middle squeeze, more f money in their pockets and allowing people to go out and spend more money in hospitality is going to help us all. I'd like to see uh, a tax reduction on secondary jobs. And, uh, you know, I don't know, you, you look at it, it's hard times out there at the moment. The private sector is making some really hard decisions looking at how many people they employ, what they're doing internally within the business. Now, government is the biggest employer on the Isle of Man. Has it done any of the hard decisions like the private sector is having to do? You know, I'd like it to reflect on its own practices a little bit more to see how internally they can restructure to to help save the taxpayers money well sadly we've we've only got a, a few minutes left so a very quick um uh, troll through uh, the the various businesses represented here uh, so if we start with you uh, dave uh, are you optimistic for the future um I think we'll. I think we'll always. I think we'll always be here. You've always got to eat. Um, I think we'll always, hopefully, be here. Um, optimistic. I, I don't know whether it's the right word. It, it's just going to be a tough couple of years, really. I think, and hopefully, battle through and and see what happens on the other side. But hopefully, we'll all be here, and I'm confident we'll be here in a few years. Yes, definitely. Good. Um, yeah. Andy. 
uh, for my industry, uh, there's, there's going to be losses. There is going to be losses. Uh, but people have to adapt to that and they'll have to think. What we don't need are, are lead civil servants and government ministers thinking along the lines as it doesn't matter if a pub or a restaurant shuts. Another one will open next week. We're seeing closures every week reported now uh, in the press on the island. And that's it's not just a business that's gone. It's not a revenue stream that's gone. It's a community in these places. These are some places. All of these places have built up a community. A, a business that's been going for 30 years, the loss of that business isn't replaced by... Uh, a new bar opening up just down the road that's not it's not the same thing because there's a a whole lot where where you had your kids christened where you had your wedding reception all, all of these things these are all very important to people uh so that's what we need from government is a, 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 a not I, not so much the financial support that has been issued during covid and so on but uh, a realization that these businesses all matter to our community and without that, we're going to be in a very, very difficult place in a few years. Okay, Ian? Well, what we've done is we've actually invited the MHKs down to our factory for the end of this month because that way they can have a look around. They can also get an understanding of how a small business is operating. Um, going forward, um, it's going to be a difficult two years. As Dave says, I think the next couple of years are, are going to be very tough for us, um, especially with ingredient prices we just hope for some form of stabilization with within the industry ingredients because we have to obviously sort from the commodity markets for sugars and powders mm. and stabilizers and as i say you know that type of thing has increased to us between 150 and 400 percent well uh, we're, we're just about out of time and i want to give yep, amy no and uh, <laughs> and uh, Ash, uh, ashley uh, um, miles uh, just a, in a one one word really optimistic for the future um possibly <laughs> miles yeah very good oh well that is good i'm phil gorn gorham myers and geisha Grum. <laughs>